Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. I feel like we've been doing funny voices and now I'm... We I, have. I know. Um, do, do like funny but low-key. Welcome to Jim and Tomic's Musical Theater ASMR Happy Hour. I'm Tommy. <laughs> Side splitting, honestly. Uh, and I'm Jimmy. <laughs> this is the only musical theater podcast with soju sips and MTI scripts. Here, we take apart your favorite shows, muddle them together with a shot of buffoonery, and pour you a refreshing glass of musical theater conversation. Jimmy, what are you drinking today? I am... Drinking. <laughs> Was that it? You're just drinking. Just, I'm just drinking, just to get through. <laughs> I saw um, a, a a TikTok the other day um, that said, uh, uh, "Are are you a cishet white? Uh, are are you a cis heterosexual white man? Um, do you find yourself afflicted by this? Well, then you might be entitled to." And that was it. Oh, no, I screwed really? it up. It just said, you might be entitled. That was the joke. Isn't that a funny joke? <laughs> Both work. Both work. Um, there's no liquids mentioned in this show. They make a joke about throwing a kegger. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, there you go. Hey, we That's had a, what I'm drinking. We had a really baffling and confusing quiz question last, last time, didn't we? <laughs> we absolutely did. Um I have to try and read it again. Good luck. Okay. I should put some like fun background music. Yeah. I should have done that last time. Yeah. Or like, yeah, d- hit me with some classic royalty free tracks. I was going more like a careless whisper. That was careless whisper. A classic. Anyway, looking for love. Boy, have we got the show for you. We're developing a dating app named after our next show. It pairs you with another performer who has played the exact same character in this show. Just hear these rave reviews from our two happy couples. <laughs> that was shit. <laughs> so, I, everyone, we're so sorry. We've been doing this for 99 episodes. Nice did I exactly. You got to give us one or two terrible quiz questions or 10 or 12. Who knows? <laughs> Hey, it's um, future editing Jimmy here. I'm speaking to you from the future. Um, I just realized that we never actually explained (laughs) what that quiz question was all about. That incredible quiz question. Um, 
basically meaning that um, Ben Platt and Noah Galvin and Taylor Trench and uh, Ben Levy Ross, um, I was going to say are all dating, but no, they are two separate respective couples, but they have all played Evan. And that's weird, isn't it? Because, you know, same part, same show, a lot of love. So that's what that meant. Sorry for the confusion. Anyway, back to the show. Yeah, but hey, hey, it's a, uh, it? it's Dear Evan Hansen. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Dear Evan Hansen, we've been way too out of touch. Things have been crazy, and it sucks that we don't talk that much. But I should tell you that I think of you each night. I rub my nipples and start moaning with delight. Why would you write that? I'm just trying to tell the truth. This needs to be perfect. These emails have to prove that we were actually friends. Just, I'll do it. I gotta tell you, life without ya has been hard. hard. Has been bad. bad. Has been rough. Kinky. And I miss talking about life and other stuff. Very specific. Shut up. I like my parents. Who says that? I love my parents, but each day's another fight. If I stop smoking drugs, then everything might be alright. Smoking drugs. Just fix it! If I stop smoking crack. Crack? If I stop smoking pot, then everything might be alright. I'll take your advice. I'll try to be more nice. I'll turn it around. Wait and see. All that it takes is a little and I've realized a fatal flaw in our quiz question structure is mm-hmm. it's always in the title of the podcast. So by the time I mean, <laughs> we realize that, I think we realized that on the first quiz question, which I think <laughs> might have been Spring Awakening. Um, and we were like, oh, wait, this is this is pointless. But people weirdly get <laughs> they get into it. I'm glad. I'm glad they do. You know, dear Evan, it is, it is fun. It is. I have fun with it. Yeah. Welcome anyway. to our dear Evan Hansen podcast. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, dear Evan Hansen, uh, if it's a show you haven't heard of before, that's fascinating. But go listen to it. Maybe. Um, I do want to start this off. Uh, there, obviously, with dear Evan Hansen, a content warning about discussion of suicide and some mental health issues. Uh, I think this show, in its uh, actual incarnations, does a really bad job of having any kind of content warnings around it and it's the kind of show that needs it um so i want to be better content warning suicidal ideation suicide and mental health issues indeed um but hey music and lyrics by mr pace and paul the golden and boys book, you get the golden boys like, very much so um in the book by mr stephen levinson Yes, uh, it opened in Broadway, uh, on Broadway in 2016. I, this, these are few and far between, I saw the last preview performance of Dear Evan Hansen before it opened you in 2016. You absolutely did. It would go on to win the Tony for Best Musical, and then it opened the West End in 2019 and won the Olivier. Um, yeah. And I believe um, ha- started a tour or has a tour planned. Um, you over know, your way? I believe so nice who, who knows we have no sign right, of that yet but yeah well exactly i think it will open back up in london again and it will do extremely well oh, i yeah, have no doubts no doubt the same in in on in the states as well <clears throat> absolutely um but right do you want to you've seen it i've seen it i'll give it a go in the flesh yeah 
Um, Not that I have it. Seen it in the flesh? <laughs> oh. uh, you've seen it in the false flesh. What's the the, the oh the slime? Like the Doctor Who like flesh? The, like the. I mean, I was gonna then say the slime tutorial flesh, um, which also oh yes, <laughs> yes, which also <laughs> would fit a, a Doctor Who episode. Um, it would, yeah. Anyway. Dear Evan Hansen is the story of a, uh, uh, a senior boy in high school, Evan Hansen, who has uh, some some unspecified form of either social anxiety or neurodiversity um, that uh, uh, he's uh, getting therapy for. And one of the tasks his therapist tasks him with is writing a letter to himself talking about how it's going to be a great day. Um, his single mom insists that he writes this letter as he heads off to his first day of high school. We also meet um, uh, the family of Connor Murphy. Um, Connor is a, well, his family doesn't like him. They seem to have some problems. Uh, it's alluded to that he's a bit of a pothead. Uh, he's also the school, school bully. Uh, and uh, they all go to the same school. Evan is in love with Connor's uh, sister uh, in a very unrequited and distanced way, which he references in this letter that he writes to himself about how today is going to be a good day on the school computer. Uh, he hits print, and in an unfortunate Three's Company-style way, uh, Connor Murphy finds this letter and thinks Evan's being kind of a creep um, and uh, steals it away from him and pushes him to the ground. Um Later that week, Connor Murphy dies by suicide, and it's a big, uh, you know, obviously a, a huge event at their school. And uh, Connor's parents find the letter that Evan wrote in Connor's things and assume that it is Connor's suicide note. This mistake snowballs into a series of lies that Evan perpetuates about how him and Connor were secretly best friends and had this secret email account, which then turns into a social media campaign about uh, being found and uh, not being alone in this world. And eventually, of course, it all implodes in on Evan. And then the musical ends. Yeah? Yeah, pretty good. Did I miss any big beats? Evan eh. Evan gives a speech that goes viral on the internet. The whole thing is kind of inspired. They raise a lot of money. They raise a lot of money. A memorial orchard. Yeah, it's, and Evan uh, gets the girl. Evan does get the girl halfway through, um, and we might talk about some of that uh, manipulation. Um, but a yes. <laughs> contemporaneously set show, uh, contemporary and yep. contemporaneously set. Um, the and completely original. Completely original, which we haven't seen. Which for we always like to applaud. A long, long time. Uh, very informed by, you know, quote, you picture my air quotes, social media these days. Um, yes. And our kind of laptop, iPhone informed, Kickstarter, GoFundMe, viral video, feel good mm -hmm. kind of world. Um, mm -hmm. The whole, the, the set design and the sound design for this thing are stunning. Uh, the whole background yeah. is filled with these kind of blurry images of social media scrolling past and uh, different bleeps and bloops and ringtones that yep. you know have have become the underscore for our life, and for that it is very very cool. And as well, like it's it's not done in a way that is like, look, it's a text message. Yeah, Facebook poke. Do you know? What I mean, it's not done. It is. It it feels authentic. It doesn't feel. It feel it feels annoying. it feels authentic, <laughs> and it does. And it's hard to say because we are kind of in a stasis of how we you know maybe in the past fifteen years we haven't really reengaged with how. We do text messages and these sorts of things. Like there hasn't yeah. been a new revolution in that. But a lot of a lot of other pieces of media, when they approach any kind of contemporary technology, it becomes dated very quickly. This one yeah. 
does does a very good job, I would say. And like this is some this is a pet peeve of mine when shows do this poorly. This one does a very good job of having a decent understanding and representation of how normal humans interact with this technology. Exactly. Exactly. Um which yeah, you have to have to pull it for. Um but should we dampen the applause? Let's let's go. <laughs> and let's... start at the very beginning. We're gonna I think we're gonna rip this off like a band-aid. Play some music and then and then we'll talk about it. Out of the sun if you keep getting burned. Step out, step out of the sun because you've learned, because you've learned. On the outside, always looking in will I ever be more than i've always been cause i'm tap tap tapping on the glass i'm waving through a window i try to speak but nobody can hear so i wait around for an answer to appear while i'm watch watch watching people pass i'm waving through a window can anybody see is anybody waving me. I wish I had sound effects. <laughs> right, how come we're not one of those podcasts that have a board? That has a you know sound people board. have a soundboard. They do, and I've looked into it. It's hard to do just with our setup. Um, and yeah, because we're not together, and we also... It's not one live take. I know, so like Mabim Bam does, does, I think Justin has a soundboard on his end, and it's right. hard to... Because you'd want it to be a separate track, right? Um that still yeah. goes through the Skype so the other people can hear it. Like we ran into some of this with Unsung Heroes about how do we play music for each other but not have yeah, it true. burned into our track. But I've put a lot of thought into it. Okay, thank you for that at least. <laughs> I didn't. I just was like, I want one. I want to play sound effects. Ha ha ha. Anyway. Um, um, so, okay. So normally our catchphrase is, um, we'll come back to that later. Uh, we feel we feel like we want to did enough of that with the frogs. <laughs> so. We want to put this. I we want to put some of this stuff up front. I've been trying this yeah. out. Uh, uh, old and broke Andrew Lloyd Webber, uh, or, or old and tired Andrew Lloyd Webber, new and wired uh, Pasek and Paul or Dear Evan Hansen. I I don't like this show. I don't like this show. Yeah, for a lot of reasons. I, I, you know, I don't like saying those words. Right. Yeah. Right. But what I would say is, I think this show could be better. Yeah, it's fair. Um, <laughs> right. But we're trying something new. We wanted to talk about these things up front uh, because yes. they often inform some of the other stuff we talk about. Exactly. And what I will say as well is, like, we appreciate that this show is um, not only liked by a lot of people, but like it it has affected a and lot of people in a very positive way. In a very way. positive way. And I think this will come up and hopefully will shine through our conversation. Like when I saw the show, yep. it made me cry. Like yeah. this show deeply moved me when I saw it in the theater. And then yeah. upon closer and further examination, there have been a lot of things that have really bugged me about it. And I yeah. do, you know, in my, in my uh, uh, new leaf of letting people like things and trying and letting myself like things, I do right. find myself <laughs> struggling against that in this world, right? Do uh -huh. I not like it because it is popular? And I think on self-assessment, that's not the case. I think I don't no. like it for legitimate 
problems that I really, really find with the show. And that some there's God, we're we are up against the wall with this one, Jimmy. There's so much discourse and discussion about the right. show because it is so popular. And um, you're ten years behind. Exactly. And so as well. <laughs> like we're talking you know what I mean. Right. We're gonna be reiterating points that I think a bunch of people stepped upon probably less eloquently than they have done. Um yeah. but away we go. But that's the show you pay for, kids. Exactly. <laughs> enough in, enough hedging. Let's talk exactly. about mental health. Um, yeah. It sucks that they never tell us what's up with Evan. What's going on? I, I, I completely agree. I don't think I don't think there's a, there would be any harm in it, right? Well, um, I think the reason they're doing it is because since they don't want to offend anyone, they figure if we present this vague representation, then it will be impossible for anyone to be offended because we never really said what it was. But in actual fact, I say the opposite. Is, right. It's, <laughs> it somehow case. makes it more damaging. Because what's happened is, is people fill in the blanks, mm-hmm. right? And when you have as strong a fandom as this show has, yeah. um, things that don't exist become canon. Yeah. So suddenly Evan has a social anxiety disorder. Right. And that's just kind of generally accepted. And so if you say something contrary to that, yeah. actually somehow you're wrong. When in actual fact, you're not wrong in any way. Right. I was, I was, because I was paying attention uh, for it and analyzing it this time through and mentioning that Evan has anxiety is yeah. the closest they get to naming what's up with him specifically. Now, I will say Ben Platt and the, the actors that come after him are portraying something. Um, yep. And, you know. The it's hard to talk about this stuff because it it goes through different namings and you want to do it good justice. But is it some form of neurodiversity? Is it yep. simply an adolescent social anxiety, which is pretty common and often you know does uh, uh, peter out as you get older? Um, Absolutely. And they they never specify. They make mention that he's on some form of medication, which he stops taking mm-hmm. halfway through. They never say mm-hmm. what it is. We know he's in some form of therapy, but we never see the therapy in the show. Um, yeah. And like th- I I wish. I get that musicals have to move fast and have to cover a lot of plot really quickly. We could spend a little more time on what is like the inciting incident for how Evan is who he is. I think so. I think it would be really important. Um, so I think I personally will be making a lot of comparisons to next to normal as sure. we go through. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, I think that's fair because I think, I think it's although, trying to be next to normal in a lot of ways. Well, there's, there's loads of comparisons that can be made. I mean, there's what, seven, eight years in between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Next to Normal was really one of the first musicals to to openly talk about mental health. And it did it in an extremely um, frank, right. but good way. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And the, you know, I mean, it was a known fact that Diane had bipolar disorder. Right. Um, and that she was on many different treatments for that. And, and, it, and it showed that the creators did the research <laughs> into the... Right. Uh, you know the the type of neurodiversity she had absolutely and like it was it was an education i yeah. learned a lot from it i mean um, and i don't think necessarily the same thing is true here no, not at all they they kind of you know the the writing staff kind of took their vague idea of what this might be and wrote a character around it and yeah. it comes off as lazy it really does yeah um and i i, I think at times, it can come off as a little bit dangerous. Yes, exactly. Because now, it, this is th- this is kind of where the, <laughs> the tricky stuff begins. Because a lot of people put 
the character of Evan on a pedestal mm-hmm. um, as like there is me on a stage. Right. I am seeing me on a stage. Right. Um, and when you start to say, when you start to denigrate someone in that capacity, then a lot of people think you're saying that to me. Right. Exactly. And that isn't the case because I, I certainly wouldn't imagine that a lot of the people who say Evan is me yeah. have done nearly anywhere close to the damage that he has done. It, it feels like, and this is, you know, this is us subbing in ourselves in these things, but like mm-hmm. there is good and bad and accurate and inaccurate gay representation on stage. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have reactions to that too. I, you know, whatever last call we talked about James Corden in the prom. Um, right. Yeah. 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 And there's there, I can see a, a parallel line here. Right. And it's that balance of like, representation matters and this is you know neurodiverse representation on stage which is great and absolutely you want it to be better <laughs> well yeah and i think you want it to be like authentic right and, right and, and real um because it, yeah uh, obviously there's a lot i don't know i'm gonna like we're gonna go very frank right at the top but as someone with an anxiety disorder, yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Now, the only difference is here, and I've thought about this a lot, is I'm a 30-something-year-old mm-hmm. with an anxiety disorder. Um, I was also uh, 17. Yeah, 17, 17, 18 when you were a senior. Yeah. I was also 17-year-old with a, an anxiety disorder as well. I just didn't know as much about it then. Right. Um, and I didn't know how to help myself and mm-hmm. any of that. Um. But I think one of the things that I guess disappointed me straight off the bat with this is that Evan is getting help. Right. He is in therapy. He is on meds. Um, and that's a, a good thing. Yeah. If, you know, if they're working for him. Right. Um, then that's a really, really positive thing. And again, me as a young person with an anxiety disorder, seeing that, I would be like, hey. Yeah. That's role modeling <laughs> right do you know what i mean but then he comes off the meds right um, for no reason and does does lots of very very bad things right um that he kind of blames on his whatever right right exactly <laughs> you know what i mean and so that i would be like ah don't can't relate and it's <laughs> and it's kind I mean? of it's kind of explained away and justified through his anxiety and that's not a great look like no because like again as as someone with it i would never want to be defined by my kid like very much the opposite if i could leave it in the dust right oh boy yeah (laughs) would i like absolutely but it does seem like this is being used as a shield right um and i find that just a bit disappointing. <laughs> and because they never outright even go into what's up with Evan, yeah. we're already a step back from that, right? Like, yeah. the, you know, I've seen write-ups about, like, is Evan on the autism spectrum? Like, yeah. all, all sorts of different things, which there are justifications for. And it's a damn shame that the show is, like, so cowardly that it can't just come out and say it. I know. Like 2016, you know, you you can write characters like this better. Like when did when did Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime come out, right? Oh like, my god, like years and years and years before. You know what I mean? Like that. Absolutely. Um it yeah, 
I do. I completely agree. And I think another kind of bastion in the same the same boat here is with Connor. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! Right, because there's obviously there's lots of parallels you can draw between these two characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think to the to the play's credit, yeah, it sets that up. Right. And then they lose they lose <laughs> that whole lose thing right altogether. Away. Yeah. Um, like, one and of, that's a big shame. One of the most beautiful and promising scenes in the show is the actual only scene that real Connor and Evan are in together. In the yep. computer lab where he takes the thing and he signs his cast. And there there is this like uh tension there, right? We've been Connor's been painted as this like unilateral bully and is yeah. is perhaps legitimately doing something nice um but then he gets set off by what he considers is a bad joke about re- you know mm-hmm. misinterpreting this letter and then runs off and then like from like a story structure standpoint the next thing that happens is you know connor dies by suicide and the implication is that th- it's this letter that set him off right which is perhaps a, like that's that's bad uh um, it's really bad and then the next time we see him he's a joke right he's a he's joke and, of a joke and he's he's fake himself right he's a figment of uh evan right. and, and uh jared's imagination and we never know the real connor ever again and right and like all stop, we never know the real connor. all we hear are the the big paintings of his family whether it's in requiem or some of the other scenes about like yep. him being a psycho and a maniac and like yeah god this this stuff jimmy like it pisses me off i hate this yeah. kind of shit i hate yeah. the like you like god Oh, the joke! Like the joke that set me off, re going through it this time. When are we about to say the same thing? Is it school shooter chic? It's school shooter. Like, come on. Like, and pardon me, but fucking tone deaf. How fucking yeah, dare you? That needs to, that and, needs to come out. And of the as script. a laugh line, like still mm-hmm. an awkward laugh line, but a laugh yeah. line. How yeah. fucking dare you? Absolutely not. Um, like this is not the room for comedy. This is not the place for comedy. And like, I can see the justification about like, well, that's why Connor is the way he is because he faces this kind of bullying. Bullshit. Give it more dimension mm-hmm. or cut it from your fucking show. Um, yeah, absolutely. Connor's, absolutely. and I hope, I hope it does. Get I hope it cut, does. Cut. <laughs> you know, I mean, there's Connor's, no, there's Connor's no space portrayal for that. in the show, and you know, like this is a writing problem. The actors do yes. a fantastic job. Like is. Tone deaf, one note, and informed by uh, uh, a, like, terrible, dated 1990s view of the troubled teenager that has been a problematic viewpoint of adolescence for the past 20 years in this country. Um, Right. And, like, that is enough reason alone for, like, me to be really, really flamey about this show. Yeah, Um, exactly. Like, all the way they deal with... um, connor dying by suicide and like and this is you know you can you can smell so pesk and paul are they a lot of this has been scrubbed because of how popular the show has been and how much of a bad look this is um Mm -hmm. but early on you could find articles about pesk and paul wanted to write a show that was almost a parody of viral kickstarter reactions to tragic events Um, exactly. Which like because it was based on I think it was based on Benja's uh, life. Yes, and like a a similar event that like happened an experience in that he had. Yeah. Which like I don't want you know don't want to fault that people come from all sorts of different places. But like it's a shitty topic for a piece of art like parodying this sort of trauma and this tragic mm-hmm. event. Um, like it, it, you know and poking fun at it 
yeah i think that it's the poking fat like i think i think it's a fascinating sure talk. like i i really think it's a fascinating like it it isn't discussed at all and it is so contemporaneous right but um yeah it's not it's not like broadway jokesville right you know exactly. I mean? it's not like broadway and, mainstream and you can see they pivoted and turned but like there's yes. there's still so much left in all of um uh what is her name alana's character about uh-huh. like you know oh we were acquaintances and like he's changed my life and you can see you can see they still must insist on poking fun at how people deal with tragedy and like yeah you know Pardon me, but God damn it, Jimmy, I have taught kids who have had exactly. friends who have died by suicide and have to deal with this shit. And I've been in communities that have had to deal with this shit. And how yeah. dare you, Pasek and Paul, yeah. like, yeah, drives me it's, nuts. It's, it's really like, and it, I, I think that's the, that's the core of my frustration mm-hmm. is that there is so much yeah. really complex, interesting good material right in this show yeah but just it's just really poorly it, just, it misses the mark so bad like yeah. i i have faculty room discussions about how like you know there are theories and i i would put full faith into this that we're going to look on things like facebook and instagram and our kind of social media mm-hmm. addiction in 20 years the way we look at nicotine and cigarettes now that absolutely. like absolutely and i pray that we do it was this you know <laughs> this this terrible misguided unregulated you know a uh, uh, drug for the brain that has warped absolutely. how we exist and like yeah you can see it and you're right there's so much to explore there and this is a show that is pretending to do it but it does yeah. so like with such a big bat and so haphazardly that and and is becoming the bastion shining example quote-unquote of this thing and it's a really (sighs) shitty example of it it is it's a shame like it's it it, it's it's a real big shame i think for me right the the thing that could make it work Mm -hmm. and i i do honestly believe it's fixable Mm -hmm. um but they would need to change the ending yeah right and this is like a big big bugbear of mine anytime you do any sort of writing mm-hmm. um where you want to make your kind of anti-hero or flawed hero right inverted commas where they need to get some sort of comeuppance right they need to yeah because otherwise you're okaying it right and like, I can see stories, there are stories where the bad guy doesn't get his comeuppance, and often that's the point of this story. Right, absolutely. And it's not, he isn't, he is the bad guy. Right. And that is the story, is that he is the bad guy and the bad guy wins. And <clears throat> you feel that. Right. Whereas Evan is not a bad guy. Right. He's the, he's the good guy. He's on piece. the poster, his name's in the show. He's the hero, right. you know? Um, and... Uh, he does really, really bad things um, and is excused mm-hmm. completely yeah. exonerated. And that isn't right. <laughs> that just isn't right. Um, it's not It's not the way the world should work. Right. Um, and it, it's not the way the world works <laughs> for, for the most part, right. unless, you know, you're a white cis male <laughs> but, right but exactly. that isn't that isn't what the show's getting at we're not we're not going to break down into that but um the yeah it's 
I just think there's so there's so much like i say there's so much in it that is good and interesting like the concept of you know what good can come from bad right like um this idea of like what is the truth what's the point of the truth yeah why don't you li- you know i mean live a lie like right why why do we go to these things right um these are all really complex yeah big big discussions that that exist in this story right and would still exist and you would be left questioning yeah um if at the end it wasn't a happy ending right and i i do think because i've seen some of this discourse too about like people who people who will say well that's the point right you're supposed to be conflicted about how you feel about evan um and like you're supposed to see like he's a good person but he does these shitty things and doesn't get his comeuppance and that's supposed mm-hmm. to leave you in this conflicted state mm-hmm. and like <laughs> I hear you. And do you know who I'm conflicted about? Sweeney fucking Todd. Like, right. And, yeah, 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 and yeah. a musical can make me feel that and make me understand that, right? Absolutely. And can make me be all about him at the end of Act One and really, really scared of him at the end of Act Two, right? Like, Assassins. You can, right. You can actually do that in a musical. If anything, Dear Evan Hansen maybe does it by accident, but it is, I would, I would argue, not intentional. No, I just don't think it does. I don't, like, your stomach slowly turns, right? Right. All the way through. Um, But there's enough light shining on him Mm -hmm. that you're asking the question um, of, uh, rather than asking, um, you know, how is Evan going to make amends for this? You're asking the question, oh God, how is he going to get out of this one? Right. Like, and that isn't the question you should be asking. in In our world of fixing musicals, like... I think, to your point, the last scene should be perhaps Evan at the orchard. He gets a text from Zoe that says, sorry, can't make it. And like maybe Mm -hmm. his mom shows up and they have, you know, a little interaction. And it's still his first time at the orchard. Um, Yeah. And that still leaves us on perhaps a hopeful note. But he doesn't get unilaterally forgiven. Um, You know, he, he like there's still some consequence to your actions exactly like and the thing so one of the things that actually really frustrates me is the the final line um where he's like uh i'm paraphrasing here but he's like i'm here you're yourself um no hiding no lying Mm -hmm. um that's not true right everyone still believes this lie right (laughs) literally every single other person apart from the murphys and his mum believes that he was the best friend of Connor and they raised all this money to do this thing. And within that is a really interesting argument because we wouldn't have the orchard if Evan didn't do this. Right. And the Murphys wouldn't have had a moment of consolation. Right. He wouldn't be as close to his mum. You know what I mean? Like these positive things came out of this bad. Right. But he gets to sail through it. Yeah. That shouldn't be the case. Like there needs to be, uh, because otherwise, well, let's just do that. Right. It doesn't matter. Well, and it it does. The show is trying to be an indictment of technology, right? And it's the the set design tries to do this by like you don't see all of the sky until we finally get to the orchard, and that's yeah. But it's in the music, right? All we see is sky. There's this nature imagery of falling out of a tree, and then we you know come full circle to the trees, and like people being in person versus people being online, and the conversations people the conversations Evan has either over the computer or in person. Yeah. Like it's trying to be like you know the distance between us is the problem with us, but 
it's just a story about humans. Like it doesn't go deep enough into what what the show intends to be the problems with technology mm-hmm. like it tries to hint at it when you know the the uh, uh uh the murphys start getting hate calls after the suicide note gets published um mm-hmm. and like some of this other stuff and then tries to have this actual connection when zoe is in person with evan at the end but it's mm-hmm. it just it, it's not about that and they thought it was like they wrote a show that wasn't about what they thought it was about and in the process missed a bunch of like really obvious fucking flaws and like terrible messages that they're sending alongside of it i think like zoe is a a really crucial character here to discuss because um you know i go to town on uh oh what's i can't remember a character's name christine from be more chill Mm -hmm. and how that's yep one of the worst written characters yeah, the, mani- you the manic theater. pixie dream girl trope right yeah. exactly zoe isn't a million miles away no she's pretty i'm close. sorry yeah um like she has no agency over her own life right. um and i find that really yeah upsetting i mean her like you know what i mean her 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 perhaps most involved song is requiem maybe in requiem um but so like in requiem it's a song where she's been fully gaslighted right. into being so confused. It, she doesn't know what to believe. Right. Um, and obviously had this horrible, horrible experience with this brother who right. was mentally abusive to her. Right. Right. And is now being told that he was a good guy and deserves forgiveness. And now she's struggling with that. Again, that is a fascinating theme. Right. That is a because there like there is elements of like well it's kind of better to think the other way isn't it right do you know what i mean but did he deserve that right uh, 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 and uh. It, and it's all founded on this like one note portrayal of connor which is already problematic like absolutely absolutely um and then at the end um she thanks him yeah because he helped them cope with their grief right oh but he <sighs> he like it's not real it's not (laughs) real it's It's not not real real. he was a manipulative lying piece of shit and you justified it away with an unspecified you know mental health issue like what are you trying to say what's what is the moral of this show what am i to take out of this you will be found evan's not found you don't give me any connor's not found you don't give me any (laughs) any ground to stand on on how i will be found and it's been really interesting to see post this show the show has sponsored a lot of like very legitimate ted talk style discussions of mental health and things which is great and i think that's awesome and it's it's money from art being put to good use and that's that is great and i would never want to diminish that your show doesn't do a good job of it I really don't think so. I mean, like that, like that is it. Like the only way that that family could get over Connor's um, death by suicide was to believe a lie about how he was hurting, right? Um, rather than trying to process the truth about how much pain he was actually in. And they they like hand wave away in like a scene, maybe how shitty of a family they were to him. Um, yeah. Like, and then everything else just seems like such a ridiculous caricature of a depressed kid um, exactly that either this family is awful <laughs> is just terrible yeah or we've we've missed the plot here yep right because they wouldn't be as 
white picket fence on the outside if they were so evil on the inside. Like, yeah, none exactly. of it's congruent in a way that it, it becomes difficult. You know, there is no verisimilitude there. Mm-hmm. Drives me nuts. Yep, uh, it's so, it's just so tricky, and like it's one of those. I'm as we're discussing all this, mm-hmm. I'm hearing all the people switching off I because they love this show so much, and like it, it's the classic thing with this with this podcast. Like there are these moments of challenge and different mm-hmm. difference of opinion, and you, you know, I mean, if you are one of the people who loves the show and relates so much to Evan, that's fantastic, yeah. and take away from any piece of art yep. what you need to it is um i i i wonder if this is a, a broader discussion too and you know maybe there's music to play in a transition somewhere in here but mm-hmm. i i am running into this more and more and i don't have a good answer um because the world is facing a reckoning in a thousand different ways these days right um and our our we've talked about this before liking problematic things but yeah. now that more and more things are becoming more detailedly problematic, how do you like anything? Um, right, absolutely. And I think, like, I had the, I think I, I tweeted a joke tweet about it, which was reductive, and I kind of regret a little bit. But about hairspray the other day, because um, mm-hmm. it came on my my like background musical theater playlist, and like, I really love the music from hairspray. Hairspray tells a really problematic explanation of you know the plight of black and brown people in baltimore in the 60s um Mm -hmm. and i still really like the music and absolutely it's difficult for me to circle that square yeah well i think i think i mean not to start another episode about hairspray right right now but i think um compared to in a comparison to dear van hansen Mm -hmm. i think hairspray does tell a different story but it still tells a problematic white savior story that is the wrong kind of history that leaves the audience with incorrect opinions absolutely but it, it th- I'm, th- I'm thinking i'm thinking actually what i'm thinking of here is the original john waters film sure okay um and how that was for an audience that wouldn't get these stories right right um whereas that opportunity was presented well, actually, maybe I'm. Maybe I mean, maybe I'm maybe you're giving a justification for Dear Evan Hansen is like even bad representation Absolutely. is representation is representation because hey, we've already spoken about this for about forty minutes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we're two people who have firsthand experience of this right. kind of thing. Exactly. Um. So, and I think, but I think that is it. Is like, you know, we're not going to spend an hour and a half just shitting all over this show because that isn't fun and that's not what we're really about tommy is it really about sunset boulevard oh i, th- I thought um, it was company um <laughs> yeah um but uh the there are nuggets of gold within this yeah. and hopefully we will we will dredge them all out because um i think we're getting quite good at being a bit more objective i hope so i don't I'd... or at least between the two of us it's we're... <laughs> a, i think it's a goal we're setting for ourselves <laughs> absolutely it is an important goal yeah and I think in the same way that even if you do really love this show, yeah. um, don't throw hate at the people who don't like it. I think I, <laughs> I, I, I honestly believe whatever skill we're like outwardly trying to cultivate here is going to become so increasingly important in our post-COVID arts world is, yeah. is like having a good, a good set of like civil discourse tools to uh-huh. talk about the problems with a piece of art while still appreciating its good parts and yes. not associate like 
being able to draw a line between the art and the creators and the art and the fandom. Yeah. And I still struggle yeah. with it. I'm sure I have made some poor comments about it even in the past 20 minutes. Um, mm -hmm. That wouldn't be good examples of this. Um, but it's going to be an important goal as we talk about Absolutely. You know, our recycling uh, uh, art form that likes performing things from the past and creating new things. And, you know. Exactly. But I think, actually, I think another key point of that as well is listening to people who have different opinions sure. to you. And I think, from the frogs, Yeah, I think we're very good at that. Yeah, when I, and I want to acknowledge, it's hard to do. It is hard. It's so it hard is, to do. It is hard to listen and hear opinions that differ from yours. Abs yeah, full stop, let alone process. Right. Yep. It's hard just to come in the, in the lugs. Yep. Do you have that lugs? No, that's a new one for me. Ears? Ears. Like, yep. like lug nuts? uh no i think just lugs just lugs huh i wonder <laughs> what lugs. where the what the origin is it's scottish all right should we say some no good things is. yes or try at least Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This musical is the best. <laughs> oh my God. I love it so much. Um, no. So I love that. Was, should we talk about some good things? The first thing you've written here I is know, sloppy plot. Sloppy plot. <laughs> I do. Okay. Let's, let's wait. Before we talk about it, let's talk about some positive things. Though. I love Heidi. I love Evan's mom. Yes. Best character in the show. Uh, hands down. Like, yeah, had to, and like, yeah, 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 absolutely. And I think in both uh, performance by OBC Rachel B. Jones, obviously, um, and actually in the way that it's written, in the way that it's written, I think she's a fantastic female and character. Starts the show. I mean, like, we kind of start with Evan, but really, we in, does anybody have a map? We she spend sings first. the more yeah, time with Heidi than anyone else at the beginning of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. And, like, between Good For You and So Big, So Small, like... Oh, I mean, So Big, So Small, goodness sake. Like, and again, to give this show its credit, like, we've talked about this before, we had a long discussion about it in Mamma Mia, mm -hmm. I love mum songs. Um, yeah. <laughs> and that is a fantastic mother-child song, particularly from the extremely musically theater underrepresented single mother. Yes. Hello. Right. Um, 
fantastic piece. Yeah. No, her and like even the whole like some of the straight scenes, the scene she has with the Murphys, um, <sighs> like gut wrenching. Um, yeah. you know, some of them like, and, and is uh, in, in some justifications, the climax of the show. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like I want more of that, <laughs> but yeah, abso- absolutely. But also I wonder if that's the problem, right? If I got more of it, maybe I'd be sick of it. Right. <laughs> or, or maybe like, it just wouldn't make sense right. because it's not the point. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, it's not the point. Um, but I think, yeah, she, she is really written extremely well. Yeah. Um, and and also like uh, from all angles of like the idea of like not understanding her son yeah a because he's not letting her understand him yeah um and b because he's tricky to understand i think i think the 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 like musical theater writing lesson to take from her character being so successful is like characters should have reasons to be the way they are and should respond yep. to their environment in believable ways, which like seems like yeah. a simple piece of advice, but you can count seven people in the show who don't do that. Um, and Absolutely. it's why she shines so brightly as such a great character. Yeah. She is one of the only ones who really goes like, what the hell is going on? Right. <laughs> like, it's like, this is nonsense. Right. Like you, you get a little from uh, Alana later. Um, yeah. But she's painted as such a caricature at the beginning. Well, exactly. The, yeah. Which is frustrating. There's zero depth. Right. Exactly. <laughs> There's zero depth there. Um, but no, I completely am with you. It's Heidi's really good. Um, and what I will say, mm-hmm. um, for for the most part, right, um, the direction mm-hmm. uh, from Michael Grafe given mm-hmm. to uh, Evan mm-hmm is really good like so notice what i'm really trying to skirt around like from from the material he was given yes he has created yes an fascinating character i will say for this show's comparison to next to normal this show is more entertaining to watch the next to normal and lives with a lot of very similar uh conceits right Just to keep a couple people, relatively empty stage. We're not dropping a chandelier. We're not doing, like, big, big things here. But this this show is, like, does a lot of nice, subtle things that Mm -hmm. lets you follow a lot of really abstract thought. Um, Like, even even as much as we, you know, spent 40 minutes shitting on it. Um, Uh But the way that the specter of Connor Murphy is used throughout the thing Mm -hmm. is very Mm -hmm. effectively and simply done. And, like... You know, having a ghost character, I think this is an underappreciated uh, 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 theatrical device. Like, yeah, we know he's dead. We know he's coming back in some capacity. How the fact that so simply we realize that the things that Connor Murphy is saying in the Dear Evan Hansen song are coming out of either Jared or Evan's mouth and that our brain can bounce back and forth between knowing who is yep. acting as the puppeteer for him in that moment. Like yep. so seamlessly that you don't even notice it as a conceit. Um, mm-hmm. Like a lot of the construction of this, very, very clever. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I, I do agree with you. I don't want to start. That I know it's hard again. because I don't um, like the content of it, but I like right, right, how right. it works. But like, so obviously there's a really strong comparison that can be made between Connor and Gabe from next to normal. Sure. Um, because they're the same. They're the same, yeah. Um, but where I think Gabe works substantially more uh-huh. than Connor is that Gabe has never existed right. 
as 16 year old Aaron to be. Only a construct. He was a baby. Right. Yeah. That we never saw. Whereas we saw the real life human Connor, Mm -hmm. and then we see this caricature. Right. Like create a character and then this kind of representation of the dark side of it. We we really see like three or four Connors throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Um, and I think that could be more co- like yes. pick a lane, right? Just use them as right? one thing. Yeah, um, because otherwise, there's no character there, right? You know, right. because whereas like Gabe is very much a character because he is playing, right? Um, he is he is playing Diane's brain yeah. basically, yeah. Um, and the conversations that she's having with herself. I think second to improving the ending scene. Then, like, mm. my next revision note would be work on Connor. Um, yeah. Like, we need to see more of him at the beginning and more more dimensionality. He's a clever yeah. kid. Like, we get that. Uh, the whole, like, yeah. um, I don't want you going to school high, Connor. Great, then I won't go. Like, that's a clever... It's it's played as a joke, but he's a smart uh-huh. he's a smart kid. He's not stupid. Um, and, and this is a plot hole that people don't notice enough... He goes to school. Like, it's never mentioned, but like the whole our whole introduction is Connor saying, like, I don't want to go to school. Guess what happens? Mm-hmm. He goes to school. The plot doesn't happen mm-hmm. unless Connor goes to school and has that interaction with Evan. And like yeah. that's a moment to capitalize on, right? He just is trying to be shitty to his mom. He's yeah. not ditching school. Yeah. Um, and so like that's another thing. You know, give us a little more hint of his relationship with his sister. Other than just like I saw my brother push you, he's a psycho. Um, yeah, you know, like give us a little more there, so then we have something to relate to when we start seeing Figment Connor. Yeah, and, exactly. And then we can compare it to is it real Connor or Evans imagining of Connor? Blah 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 blah. Absolutely. Um, and we'll talk a bit about the book later. Mm, the book, the book, and and the the book. novel, the book book, the novel. Oh, God reading um yes but we will talk about that later um i think can we, let's talk about the song sure um uh i can we talk about waving through the window because this time through i i yeah. i what is your interpretation of this song because it is like a deeply seeped so in metaphor song right yeah so it's tricky because before i'd even heard the song i was told it was about oh it's actually about being on your phone mm. and see you know, and the black screen so that's and that's the that. interesting thing it wasn't until this time through literally yesterday all right when he said tap 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 it on the glass and i was like oh yeah oh a phone oh jesus like yeah yeah yeah. i had envisioned the metaphor of like he's trapped inside himself and can't communicate out of this metaphorical glass pane that he sees in front of him right uh and it wasn't which is also legit which is also legit and it wasn't until 24 hours ago i was like oh but wait they're also we're also talking about like i wave it like literally we're waving at each other through a window Hi. Right. Um, yeah. That metaphor it did not strike me until 24 hours ago. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, that's like I was told that that's what it was about before I'd even heard the song. Sure. Um. So yeah, that's always what I, what I thought about it. Yeah. Um. Uh, and I think it's a really great song. Yeah. I think it's an incredible song actually. Um. And it sets up like it, it, as an I want song, yeah. which in theory, which it, it, is, it is basically. Yeah. Um. But it also sets up that theme of technology dependence yeah. and integration into your life and how, mm-hmm. you know, 
this is this is your life now right um it does that really really well and not a forced way yeah do you know what i mean yeah it's not like i pick up my iphone and i right you know log in with my fingerprint ID. right exactly like, like it is no... well and it it jumps back and forth between because it starts with like a car metaphor right i've learned to slam on the yes. brake um it's it's this in, i i the more i listen to pascal paul i the more i notice they kind of do this is they like have a lot of uh i don't know throwaway <laughs> metaphors um mm-hmm. where like the the metaphor never really comes back which is interesting because sometimes they have very specific metaphors right when yes. when you've fallen in the forest and there's nobody around and i know they've attributed this lyric to their uh book writer and not themselves um but it's right okay it's a good turn right evan literally fell out of a tree and yeah. we're calling upon this idiom of if a tree falls in the forest and there's nobody like no it's, it's, yeah. a, it's a good it's a real good lyric um but I've learned to slam on the brake before I even turn the key. Evan never mm-hmm. drives in this show, right? Like we never, <laughs> yeah. you know, like this could, it's a weird, it's a weird intro. And it's why tap, tap, tap it on the glass, I think has never really hit me before because yeah. they do bounce back and forth between these throwaway metaphors and idioms and these really yeah, specific fair. metaphors and idioms. Cause I think like tap, tap, tapping on the glass fits in well with, um, step out of the sun. Sure. Do you know what I mean? Like, it feels like I'm containing myself. I'm going away. I'm, I'm leaving the real world and hiding behind something right um but yeah i'd never really actually thought about the car that is random yeah isn't it? and even like we start with stars in our eyes we start believing that we belong but every sun doesn't rise and no one tells you where you went wrong is poetry right yeah gorgeous and what like hmm is this evan's existential yearning for youth right yeah. As a child, we hope for all things, but not all things happen, and no one tells you why. Like that's yeah. that's a theme we never really quite explore. No, not so. well, he doesn't have that self awareness, right? Stop. Well, and that's Christian. so. This is a a <laughs> secondary point I have about this thing that is a, a bother, and I pardon for pardon me for bringing this up. But Evan is very articulate when he is singing. Yes, and is very not articulate when he is not singing. Mm-hmm. And if in a very like hunchback of Notre Dame sort of way. Right. There was a right. more specific line drawn there. Like Evan is waving through a window. Like I start to speak and nobody can hear, but this is, you know, uh, the, the, uh, uh, you know, uh, 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 what is it? Like still rivers run deep. Like he, right. here is what is actually happening in my brain. That'd be a really yeah. cool thing. Except sometimes he's with Zoe and he has a whole stuttering book scene that then turns into a very articulate lie about how Connor was actually a great guy, right? Yeah. And the stuttering goes away and the inability to speak goes away. Nice. And you can you can see Ben Platt kind of struggle with this transition because he does kind of have two modes for Evan. He has the like mm-hmm. fingertip clutchy hand gesticulating sort of Evan. And then he has the yeah. singing articulate uh, musical yeah. theater Evan. And in whatever that song is, he said, um, the one was Zoe. Um, oh, yeah. He said... Is it not like Captain Gone or something like that? It'll be halfway through. Forever. No. See, this is the other problem with Pascal Paul songs, but we don't need to get into it. Um, No, exactly. But like... Um, Good for you? Nope. That's that's Heidi. Only us? Uh, Only us. Is that it? If I could tell her. If I could tell her. That's the one. Great. Thank you for that. Um, (laughs) Like, they don't... 
It's like it's the same grape I have with like your 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 magic should have rules, right? Your mm-hmm. your your how how a person speaks in the book scene should match how they sing in the lyric scenes. Yeah. Or your neurodiversity should have rules. Right. Your neurodiversity should have rules. It's the, right. it's the same sort of thing. It, it magically goes away at times. Right. And and again, that's another argument as to why it's it's not a good representation right. of it. Exactly. Um, because sadly that doesn't happen. Yeah. Um the yeah, I think um it's a really, really solid song. Um one I don't think needs to be there. And I think this might be a controversial opinion because mm-hmm. I've not heard anyone say this. Um I don't think Words Fail should be a song. Remind me when that happens. Perhaps this is a sign. Words Fail that... is his his um final song. Mm. It's the he gets found out I, and he is like I, I don't know how to so comprehend this. Your reaction to it absolutely is your reaction to him not getting his comeuppance, right? Well, yeah, I just think it, it it's a hero moment. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's his it's him having his realization light bulb moment. But actually he 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 doesn't because he's just like I don't know what to say. There's nothing I can say right to make this better. I want to step step out into the sun right. and feel better. Exactly. And I'm like that. Um, it, also, it detracts completely from the Murphys to have any sort of reaction. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they say they well they just kind of leave. Right. And they and the implication is that they never really out him at the end. Right. Well, they don't. They actively don't um, because I can't remember what the reason was, but it wasn't a good one. Right. It wasn't one that I think makes any sense. And right, this isn't the moment to make this point, but um, with the comeuppance, I'm not saying he should be like put in prison right. or that, that. He just needs to be accountable for his actions, which he is not. He admits them. Yes, that is not the same. Right. Like that is because he he doesn't yeah i don't think he feels remorse i mean the song ends with him asking how do i step into the sun and it would be great if the musical ended with him stepping into the sun right and embracing whoever his true self is which apparently we haven't seen throughout the whole thing exactly so this is this is the point where i want to bring up crazy Mm ex-girlfriend um because like there is no better portrayal of comeuppance uh-huh. <laughs> than in crazy ex-girlfriend and it just so happens that um it's along a very similar plot plot point of neurodiversity and um the actions that we sometimes take when we uh are experiencing very low moments sure. um and it is fantastic because um rachel bloom um her character rebecca uh she does some really i won't spoil really really bad things mm-hmm. right yeah extremely bad um kind of gets away with them mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. because of her mental illness okay. um and kind of uses it yeah that doesn't work mm-hmm. because she's excused so she repeats yeah obviously yeah. because there's no she doesn't have a moment and yeah. um, what happens on the other side of that is she makes an admission right to her friends about all the lies that she spun um and they reject her and they say you're a horrible person yeah you should never have done that right um that is the biggest betrayal and uh, eventually over time they work through it yeah uh but she doesn't win like she still loses 
a lot yeah. from that. Whereas Evan ends up more popular than he's ever been before. I mean, he, so he goes through words fail, which is perhaps it's like a, an 11 o'clock kind of contemplation about like, yes. it, it's, you know, who am I, Jean Valjean, right? Yes. Um, then we cut to Heidi singing basic, like a beautiful song and basically a like forgiveness song for like, I'm sorry you're fucked up. It's because your dad left, right? Mm-hmm. And then we fast forward a year and Evan is working at the pottery barn and we're at the orchard for the first time. Like yep. he hasn't gotten what he wanted. He also hasn't gotten, he also hasn't stepped into the sun the thing is, he has gotten what he wanted. Mm, fair. He wanted, he didn't want to be lonely. Yeah. And now he is a hero in a lot of people's eyes. Yeah. Because of what he did for Connor. Yeah. And and because it, uh, Zoe says thank you, right? And Zoe says thank you. And who knows where their relationship will lead after that. Right. It isn't like, thank you, I can never see you again right. because what you did was just too right. much. Right, which would be an amazing thing for him for her to say at the end of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. What agency. But, in, but instead like, she says, I really wanted you to see this orchard. I thought you never might, basically. Right? Yeah. Like, to, I want you like, to why see is, what Why done. does she care about what he thinks? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, she shouldn't. He... Um, I mean, so, like, make it an ending scene with uh, uh, Evan and Alana and, like, Evan is, you know, digging in the orchard and, like, he's the maintenance person and this is his comeuppance for, like, making it up to her for having deceived her the whole time. Like, there's so yeah, many other options. Something. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it just... Yeah. It's not there. Anyway, we've already made that point. So. <laughs> <laughs> we can't make the same point again. Um, should we talk a little bit about the book yeah They made a novel of this musical, Jimmy. I know. This hasn't happened much, has it? I, like, I was racking my brain about, like, has this... Because, ha- like, I can... Im- I know there are, like, novelizations of, like, Disney movies, right? Um, right. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, that. yeah, Like, yeah. I think there are novelizations that happen in other contexts. But to do a mm-hmm. novelization of a musical in that direction, especially... In that... Yeah, exactly. And, like, where the book didn't exist before... Exactly. That's because the thing is, is like there are so few original musicals right. that then creating a novel yeah. from that um, would be really. And I'm like, I can't think of any. It's just a strange zag, you know. Do you just say zag? Yeah, like to zig and zag. Okay, I'll give you that. Um, let me look at my wall. No, I don't think it's happened. Um. And like it has a new author on top of everyone else, 
Val Emick Emich, perhaps. Emich, I would have said, yeah, Emich. Um, and and he, so he's an actor and a musician, so he's a very uh, good person to rate. Like, this, I wonder. You know I mean, I wonder who, because we we find ourselves increasingly more in these worlds now. Who was the first person who was like, "Hmm, book," right? Yes. And like, was it was it Val who was like, "Ooh, this would make a great book," or was it the producers who was like, "Aha, capitalization." Uh, um, yeah, you know. Well, I mean, a lot of the discourse around the creation of the novel mm-hmm. um, was because they were like, only so many people can see this show, and I'm, but there's a huge fan base. I'm all about that for a while. I um, uh, what is uh, there's you remember the it gets better project. Absolutely. Uh, Dan Savage adapted a lot of those stories into a book um, Mm -hmm. and very explicitly was like, listen, these stories don't read well in a book. Like this is not the way that these things should exist, but a book can go in a school library where a kid can find it. And like, this is a way into this for the right kind of kid. And I think the Dear Evan Hansen novelization is the right way into this for the right kind of person. Who definitely, you know, if they're reading a book, that's less of a like it's just an easier way in. Like I'm, so I'm all about it from that direction. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's so they do interesting things with it. Yes, it is. It, it isn't the script on the stick. You know, I mean, it's, right. it's not, not like the a libretto. Like, it's not. Yeah, absolutely not. There are new plot points. There are new characters. Mm-hmm. There are new, um narrators Mm -hmm. like because it is all first person first person present as well Mm. which i love that's so rare um first person present from evan's perspective except for and this is where i think i like it Uh (laughs) except for the occasional um dip in from connor yes and so um the spoilers in the next 30 seconds if you're planning on reading the book Yes. They make Connor gay. Yes. Canonically. Yes, absolutely. And not only that, um, they make Connor a much less uh, broad strokes angry boy. Right. Um, he is a lot more sympathetic in the book. Um, and you find out about a relationship that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and that actually a lot of his pain and his anger has come from this rejection mm-hmm. um, from a guy. Uh, so I have two thoughts yeah. <laughs> about this. Number one, I like the fact that we get more Connor. Right. Because that makes it, I said it earlier, yeah. the two are lampshaded together mm-hmm. as these people who are going through similar Right but very different experiences. Exactly. Um, and I like that they are the two, the only two mm-hmm. narrators mm-hmm. of the book. Yeah. I like that. Um, that there is a queer character in this story. Is a nice thing. That's a nice, it's a nice thing. Yes. Would it be lovely if it was on the stage? But hey, it's fine. Right, well, yeah. <laughs> it's fine. It's 2016. Yeah you know far too early for that kind of thinking um and then the other the kind of final point is um uh, it's 
it's not enough mm-hmm. of a, a tip of the cap. Well, it is a tip of the cap right. to um, teenage LGBT suicide. Sure. Which is As- an epidemic. Absolutely. And like, it's <laughs> worth acknowledging. I mean, the w- the way I described it to my boyfriend earlier is uh, they Dumbledored him. Um, mm. Like I, 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 you know, I don't disagree. Yes, and <laughs> yes, uh huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like diving straight into the bury your gaze trope, um, right? And like, of course, the trauma he has to have is that he's gay, um, which is such a terrible, terrible stereotype and trope of the world. Like, of course, the one gay character has to be the one who dies. Like. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it just, but it's not. It's not doing it in a like, it, you know. They don't. Re- well, I okay. I've not read the book. <laughs> <laughs> disclaimer: that is a very important, and that is an important is disclaimer. An important yeah. I am speaking from a position of ignorance. So, but as far as I'm aware, they do not start the Connor project as awareness of gay teen suicide queer suicide or something it is just an awareness of suicide yeah yes exactly um and that is where i'm like you could have turned that cog differently right um also the way he starts the corner project is uh different Hmm. in the book um he's watching a documentary Mm um where uh they basically do that and he gets inspired Mm -hmm. uh to do it by that which i just thought interesting 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 yeah um so yeah good and bad yeah yeah well (laughs) good and bad it is fascinating i mean i don't know if this is the right transition but it does speak to a different way that contemporary musical theater fans are engaging with the media um Mm -hmm. like i could see it hasn't happened but i could see a novelization of newsies or spring awakening um like Mm -hmm. i could see a a big broadway machine doing this for something like that no one would ever consider or has ever thought about novelizing hello dolly um right um or like maybe you know i perhaps i will take that back there are some novelizations of west side story um Oh, are there? I, it's called Romeo and Juliet. I have a vague, I have a vague memory of a comparative reading, and you could, it was both together, and like the oh, the left hand okay. page okay. was West Side Story, and the right hand page was Romeo and Juliet, and like that was the point. Okay. Um, yeah. And perhaps that's an invented memory, but like this, this kind of like young adult novelization adaptation wouldn't have happened fifteen years ago, wouldn't have happened twenty years ago, and I, I, I think is a you know, a sign of the times in in a really yeah. fascinating way. Yeah. I hope it's not pandering. I And I worry that it is, you know? I know. But I really, I'm an optimist, Tom. Sure. And I've never called you Tom in my I life. I know, that's a fun I one. I won't be doing that again. <laughs> I hated that. I'm an optimist, T. Um, and I really hope that they're not. Yeah. Um, because it, it's, it doesn't feel, right, okay, to bring back the Be More Chill comparison, mm, sure. right? It doesn't feel shoehorned in right. like George Salazar, Salazar's apparent bisexuality right. that's never discussed in the show, right. but it's cool. We'll talk about it on Tumblr. Right. Um, you know what I mean? It doesn't feel... It feels like, actually, that could make a lot of sense. Right, yeah. Like, they made some important story choices that make sense, that are explained, that, 
you know right which they wouldn't have needed right. to do if the goal was just like if we put dear evan hansen on the front of a package of paper people will give us seven dollars for it yes exactly exactly um so that's my hope i like that it must be fun being an optimist yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was going to make a cockeyed optimist joke, but it, it didn't work. I was like, oh, that's what they call me. Oh. And I used to be cockeyed. Hey! Oh, my God. That's a missed opportunity. I, I was a cockeyed optimist. I'll, I'll get writing the YouTube parody <laughs> song now. Do people still do YouTube parody songs? I, oh, yeah, Randy Rainbow. Well, of course they do. Never, never mention his name again on this podcast. How <laughs> dare you? i'll bleep it out <laughs> please no i've never that of all the like hot takes i have on twitter the ones that <laughs> receive the most imminent immediate backlash are when i oh really when i put down randy rabo he's a because you say a lot of things i know i do he's a dick fair he's a racist dick go. he's an unapologetic racist dick there's that hot take ladies and gents um, should we talk about fan? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> it was a February day when your dad came by before going away. A U-Haul truck in the driveway. The day it was suddenly real. I told you not to come outside. But you saw that truck and you smiled so wide. A real live truck in your driveway. We let you sit behind the wheel. Goodbye. Goodbye. Now it's just me and my little guy. I read an um, academic paper about the fandom of Dear Evan Hansen. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah. Like, people have <laughs> it's, studied It's really cool. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's... So this is... I mean, we talk about this, actually, a fair amount. But we do like reading academic papers yeah. on musical theater shows. And there's really not enough no, of this them. one... So, if we remember to put this one in the notes, Tap, Tap, Tap It on the Glass, Generation Z Social Media, and Dear Evan Hansen by Bethany Doherty, right. uh, published uh, 2020. Right. It's, I mean, it's great. And all I just want to do is implore all of our academic listeners out there yeah. to get some of this shit published because there's some good well, stuff. It, it, like, take the seeds, like the shitty seeds of ideas that we've brought <laughs> in this podcast and, and turn them turn into, them into papers, as many have done before you. And, and shout outs to everyone who's ever asked us to be cited in an academic paper. Yeah, exactly. We love you. But I, I, I do agree. It's so important because this, you know... I saw it, it was interesting. This academic paper actually cited a different one that I was interested in reading. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not going to be able to find the citation. Oh, here it is. Carlson 2003, who wrote a paper uh, or wrote an article in the Theater Journal, um, mm -hmm. but said oh. theater as an art that uh, lives by and survives largely in memory. Um, and that was a really interesting thought that I hadn't really thought about before. 
Um, but that like our primary our primary interface with theater as an art form is not while it's happening, but is before it, after it, and around it. Um, and that the concept of a show exists mostly in how people talk about it and how they remember it and not in yes. how it actually happened. Um, yes. And that was a really interesting uh, distinction that I'd never really been able to like put such a fine point on. Mm-hmm. Um, but so then this article goes on to talk about how like Dear Evan Hansen, I think is in marketing and fandom and kind of its acceptance, the, the first fully formed existence of a particular flavor of musical that we've been dancing around the idea of for maybe 20 years. Um, like it is the, the, the obvious end result of the Broadway.com generation and the Tumblr fandoms. And like, finally people who live in publicity offices have started to realize that there's something to leverage here. And the result is the marketing and the world around Dear Evan Hansen. Yeah, and you're right. It's it's twenty years exactly because it began with Rent. Right, I think I would I would thereabouts. I, I mean every postulate every that, like, every backstage vlog that has ever existed. Every like yeah. uh you know the the lightning thief Twitter account like all of these things right. lead up to finally a place that's like hey the one of the main uh, points of this article is like you know death to critics. This is how people interface with shows now right yes um and of course it would be dear evan hansen a show predicated on virality and internet association and you know retweet this video and like Mm -hmm. of course like it took a show about the thing to do the thing in real life which is also a little dirty feeling in the back which is interesting um because like the internet's not portrayed as the good guy in this show, and it, right. it is interesting that the marketing office was like, "Ah, the internet—that's what will sell our show." It's like yes, it's like exactly. selling your show, and then when you get to the theater, calling your audience villains, in a way that like I don't think anyone quite put together. Um, yeah, it didn't work for anyone. Can whistle. right? Exactly. It's like that in the in the twenty first <laughs> century. Yeah, it's a, it is an important piece. Mm-hmm. In regards to that, because I think obviously we can draw a lot of parallels with Hamilton, sure, because they're contemporaries of each other. Um, but I think Hamilton is a different kettle of fish because it's doing very different things. Like Dear Evan Hansen doesn't feel like it's aimed at grown-ups. Yeah, they have different target audiences, right? Like at a, in the same way that Be More Chill and Lightning Thief are not aimed at, at grown-ups, exactly. Um, and potentially, uh, and actually, this is a really good point. Um, one of the reasons why we don't like it is maybe because we're grown-ups. Yeah, right. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's it's not for us. Right. And in which case, Yaldi, go for it. Exactly. Um, Throw our hands up. Not, you know, not my jam. We've done that before, right? I don't get this because it's yeah. not for me. Yeah. Exactly. It's just like, it, it isn't, it, we're, we're not teenagers in high school we don't know what it's like. Right. You have a very good perspective, but you can only walk so far in the shoes of these kids. Do you right. know what I mean? Right. Um, and yeah, I think there's there's definitely an element of that and there's no denying that this show uh, has had just an explosive mm-hmm. uh, and very, like, in a different way to be more chill. Mm-hmm. 
in fact, in a, a very different way to Beamertail, Heather's Lightning Thief. Like all of our recent do you bursts. Know, do you know what has happened? Let me throw this at you. Dear yeah. Evan Hansen prototyped the new Broadway marketing machine and was able to do so because it was a show that catered itself to that, right? Mm -hmm. And then Beetlejuice said, hold my beer, yeah. and was a show that need not necessarily be about that, but found a way into that same marketing world and did it yeah. exactly right um, without the same hooks that come from the content. Mm -hmm. And were it not yeah, for I the pandemic, I think this would have been the, you know, the future for the next 10 years of, yeah, of absolutely. A, a steady stream of this sort of thing. Yeah. 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 And it would be grating. It really <laughs> I, would. I think we're going to get it anyway. I think we're going to get it anyway. And we're going to see it shoehorned into musicals that don't deserve it. Right. Like right. how long, and I mean, current Rudin controversies aside, how absolutely. long before, happen? how long before the music man TikTok starts. Right. You know, let's, right. let's do the, let's do the rock Island challenge. Um, yeah, exactly. The, you know that Sutton Foster and Hugh Jackman are going to be backstage on on TikTok. Yeah, because they need to because be. they were told to be right, and because yeah. this thing's going to need a, an even bigger marketing boost than they thought uh, if it survives uh, even the next couple. If months. it survives, that's exactly it. Um, yeah, you're totally right. Um, I just think, yeah, it's it's quite impressive because I've I've shot down mm -hmm. TikTok marketing. Yeah a lot yeah in the past on this show but weirdly there's something about dear van hansen's fandom mm -hmm. that doesn't make me feel as ill <laughs> there's there's and I, we, I don't know what that is because i think this is a bit of a, a, a side tangent but does relate because mm -hmm. we're people who live on the internet um i we have this conversation off pod all the time about how people don't do a really good job of separating the like the platform from the fans um mm. like tiktok is a good place right now to market because of the people who are on it but the people who are on it like they do all the time are going to jump to another platform you know circa two five years um yeah. and then you got to follow them and learn what's up with that new platform um and it might be something quite like TikTok or something entirely different. Um, yeah. And you have to adapt with that. And you will not be able to predict it. Um, and it's not about you got to have your Instagram and your Facebook and your Twitter and your LinkedIn presence and your paper presence and your poster presence and your yeah. television ad presence and your talk show presence, right? It's not about saturating the field. It's about chasing that golden goose. Um, yeah. And that's why Beetlejuice was able to do it, right? Um, whereas, like, a lot, you know, the old school marketing will be like, they're going to be huge billboards about the music man, and Sutton Foster's going on her, um, yeah, Scott Rudin isn't shit tour right now. Um, yeah. But she's going to do it on, like, Dateline or Good Morning America or something. Um, mm -hmm. She's not going to do it on TikTok. Um, yeah. You know, Hugh, uh, it's actually, it's a really good example, the the current Rudin controversy and how the old school stars have responded to it. Like, uh, uh, too late and too little, Hugh Jackman's all, cap, all caps, screenshotted Word document response distributed through his agent to be posted as an image macro on Twitter, right? Does not have the same impact as two camera person in Instagram stories, 
telling their story of abuse and like exactly the the marketing folk the agents of the world aren't paying enough attention to the subtleties of platform and messaging um yeah and we owe some of that differentiation to how dear evan hansen was kind of able to like ride on you know find that zeitgeist kite and take off with it yeah oh my god hmm. weird coincidence mm-hmm Ben Platt's Side by Side by Susan Blackwell mm-hmm. about Dear Evan Hansen was them flying kites. <gasps> it's all a master plan. My brain works in mysterious ways. That was beautiful. Thank you. It's also a really good app. <laughs> um, right. I think to round off, uh-huh. like, it's such... It, would you agree? Uh-huh. That this is an important piece of theater. I would. It's not going to ever be revived once it closes. Yeah, I'd be very... Well, I I feel that way about a lot of contemporary stuff. But yes, I agree. Um, But I think it's, like, very significant. I've not encountered a show that's this divisive Mm. um, in a very, very long time. Yeah, I mean, for, for as much as we talked, you know, on end at the beginning about it, like... It did make me cry. Like it was, you know. Yeah. It's it's doing things that is is manipulating my emotions, which all theater does, you know, for good or Absolutely. for bad. That's the point of art, right? Yeah. Um, but it also, in the way that Next to Normal tried and did so in a less successful and lauded way, mm-hmm. has changed what is our art form. Yeah, and like I do not doubt for a single second that a lot more people have an awareness about the struggles of mental health mm-hmm. now because of Dear Evan Hansen. As, as much as I, you know, outright shat on the show at the beginning. Yeah. If, and I'm sure it has, you know, some mom taking her kid to come see a show on Broadway, right? Was able to leave the theater once and mom was able to be like, hey, you okay? And have an yep. honest conversation about something. That is a thing I am pleased is in the world in a really big way. Um, Absolutely. So I I agree. The you know spurring the conversation sometimes is worth it, even if it's even totally. if it's messy. Totally. So that's it. Let's have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. Dear Evan Hansen, Tommy's favorite music. Well, Tommy, not Tom. That was dear Evan Hansen. Dear, wow. dear Jimmy, this is going to be a great episode, and here's why. Oh, that's cute. Well, no, we should have started. We should have started with that. I just thought about it right now. It's a shame I didn't think about it at the beginning. Oh well. Just I won't make you edit it. Everyone, just pretend I said that at the beginning, and look at how clever I am. Yeah, exactly. Just drink your memory. <laughs> um, hey, Tommy, do you have a 
quiz question? I don't, Jimmy, because we're old <gasps> men now. We just oh. we just turned 99. Can you believe it at all? I actually can't. We've because it should be like 360. I know, right? It should be much, much more. Um, the, um, but no, I'm proud of us. And now is not the time to get too sentimental because we should do that oh, on our okay. 100th episode. I'll hold back the tears. <laughs> when is it? It's next Saturday, May 1st. Thank you for sticking with us through our reschedules. Um, yes. So uh, tune in. Uh, it'll be 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, 10 p.m. GMT. You'll be able to find the link. We're going to stream it in a bunch of different places, but hit up Twitter or Absolutely. my YouTube channel or whatever, and you'll find it. Um, yeah, you're not going to miss it. But um, we need your help. Um, yes. We want to answer your questions. Thank you to those of you who have sent in questions so far. Um, or tweet at us your favorite moments from past episodes. We're thinking uh, we might go and explore some of those and uh, uh, laugh at our, our, our bad takes from, God, five years ago. Um, yes. Oh, dear. But uh, whether you're tweeting us your questions or your favorite moments from past epi- episodes, use the hashtag 100 happy hours. That's the number 100 and then happy hours. And if you do, yes, we're going to give away some prizes. So, you know, make sure you use that hashtag, yo. Yes, indeed. Um, but hey, if you would like to get in touch with us about anything else, but I, I can't think of why you would. My, um, my expired car can. warranty, the FBI's I beg your pardon? searching for me. Do you not get these spam calls? I get these spam calls. Oh, no, I thought you were like admitting something. I was like, Tommy, <laughs> you should be careful about that shit. Oh, no, my car warranty was expired before I bought the car, but that's fine. Great. Um, well, if you want to talk about that, uh, please feel free. Um, our show Twitter and Instagram is at Jim and Tomic. That is J I M A N D T O M I C. Um, or you can drop us an email on our website, Jim and Tomic. Com. And there you can also find our merch, and we've got a Discord. If you head over to the show notes right now, there's a link that'll uh, let you hop onto the Discord channel. Hopefully, there's some great discussions about uh, uh, mental health and neurodiversity happening there now. Um, yeah. It's a time-limited URL, so go find it right now. And if you miss out, don't worry. There will be more in the future. Exactly. Um, and hey, if you would like to financially support the show, um, that would be extremely appreciated. Um, you can check out our Patreon um, over on our website. Uh, we have our video podcast over there for our highball $5.499 or $4.50, I think it is, sterling for some weird reason, <laughs> uh, patrons. And that is our video podcast. Um, we're, we talk about um, the new Spelling Bee yeah. movie announcement which is very exciting and our our requisite video game and marvel chat as well yes but most of all it helps us uh, uh the number one thing you can do is just tell your folks about our podcast we are people find us most through word of mouth and it's your mouths and our words what your mouth our words i don't like how that sounds absolutely it's awful that will not be on a t-shirt anyway that's all for today everyone thank you for listening and we will see you in the 100 cheers cheers Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Would a fussy neck do it?